Hey everyone, welcome to the Elite Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Adam Stock. I'm the guy behind Elite Fantasy Basketball. If you don't follow me on Twitter already, you can at Adam G. Stock. Today we've got a good one. We're going to go player by player all the way through the top 109 category leagues and talk about each player's rest of season outlook. The top 100 that I'm using is from February 1st. We're also going to be touching on some notables ranks outside of the top 100. So if you've got some underachieving players, don't worry, we'll get to them. This will be a great way to identify solid buy low and sell high targets. Not every player is going to play to their current averages the rest of the way. And even with some of the early round options whose per game production tends to be fairly stable, there are some red flags that we should be aware of. I'm breaking this down into two pods because it's going to end up hitting about 130 players and that just takes a while to get through. This pod's going to deal with the top 50 and then the second pod would deal with 51 to 100 plus the other notables. So that's the game plan. Let's just get straight into it. The top dog on a per game basis in nine cat leagues is Anthony Davis. He's a good guy to start with because it gives us a chance to talk about injury risk. At this point in the season, I would not worry about injury risk unless there was a pre-existing injury that could cause an issue or if a player is a lock to sit during back-to-back sets. So while AD is more injury prone than most early rounders, I wouldn't let that have more than a very minor impact on how you value him. With so little time left in the season, you just need to cross your fingers and hope your guys stay healthy. Someone like AD does have a better chance of getting hurt than most players over a full season, but the odds of him getting hurt over a one and a half month period aren't that much higher than the odds of sturdier players going down. I wouldn't value him as the top guy, but I still value him as a top five player going forward. Jokic is number two, and there's not much to talk about here. He'll pass AD probably and end up as the top guy. The one thing to keep an eye on with Big Honey is the Nuggets' late season schedule. In almost every league, Denver has a two-game week during the fantasy playoffs. You don't want to trade Jokic because he has two four-game weeks sandwiched between those two two-game weeks, and you'll be extremely hard to beat during those four-game weeks. But you may need to make some moves with your other top options. If your second and third guys have three-game weeks during that Jokic two-game week, I'd probably make a move. A two-game Jokic week and a week schedule for your other top options is probably going to lead to a big fat L. It's unfortunate, but quantity often trumps quality in the playoffs. Embiid is three. If he can stay healthy down the stretch, he's going to be on a ton of championship teams because Philly's March schedule is incredible. From week 19 on, the Sixers have only one three-game week. Every other week is a four-game week. I would be buying Sixers in all leagues. Give me all the Tobias, Melton, and Maxi shares. Everyone on the Sixers should be worth more than their per-game averages during the fantasy playoff due to the busy schedule. For his SGA, at this point, I'm not too worried about a shutdown. It's a little late for OKC to tank, and with the Thunder having a legit shot at the plan, I don't think they're going to risk upsetting SGA by throwing the season away. Minor injuries in March should make us a little nervous, but at this point, I wouldn't be moving them to avoid a potential shutdown. Durant is in the five spot. Missed games are the main concern here, but the Nets' schedule works in our favor. The Nets only have two back-to-back sets in March, and both sets come during four-game weeks for Brooklyn. So even if Durant does sit during back-to-back sets, he's going to play three games every week during the fantasy playoffs. KD managers are in a pretty good spot, assuming the knee is in a good spot when March rolls around. Steph is six. He's arguably the safest top-tier guy because the Warriors do not have a back-to-back set after March 3rd, even though they have two four-game weeks in the middle of March. The schedule makers were extremely kind to the Warriors and Steph teams this year. Tatum is the seventh-ranked player at the moment. Boston has a mediocre playoff schedule in most leagues, but that's not something to worry about since Tatum rarely rests and is super durable. Yeah, the schedule doesn't look amazing, but there's a good chance that he'll still end up playing more games than most first-rounders. Halliburton's sitting in the 8th spot right now. There's no reason to expect him to move out of that range. His injury isn't one that should linger, and it doesn't sound like he's going to need an extended ramp-up period. That suggests to me that the Pacers aren't too worried about him, with Miles Turner almost certainly sticking around now that he signed an extension. Still trade-eligible, but he's probably not going to be traded. And with the Pacers looking like a likely play-in team, Halley feels really safe to me. 
Kyrie is ninth at this point. I'm not too worried about Kyrie. Probably lose a little bit on a per game basis once KD is back, but he should still be around a first round guy. He's playing for max contract right now, and he's been all business since the nonsense early in the year. I wouldn't trust him to keep it together going forward after this year, but for this year, until he gets that bag, he feels pretty safe. Most of the first rounders are pretty boring, so let's get to a, a kind of spicy one. Jimmy Butler is the 10th ranked player and someone that should be moved in head-to-head leagues. I am definitely trying to trade him in head-to-head leagues. You should hold in Roto because he's a per-game monster and the missed games hurt less there. But in head-to-head leagues, put him on the block and see what offers you get. It could be a really, really messy March for Jimmy. From the All-Star break until the end of March, the Heat have five back-to-back sets. There is a potential for multiple two-game weeks for Butler during the fantasy playoffs. Jimmy is also one of those guys that I do worry about when it comes to injuries because he tends to sit more with minor issues than most players. There's just a lot of risk here, and I would not want to bet my season on Jimmy not missing games in March. Dame is 11th. We'll be quick here. He could be a top five guy during the fantasy playoffs since the Blazers are a borderline playing team and will need to play him every game. During the fantasy playoffs, he's also probably going to play massive minutes when championships are going to be decided. He is a great guy to have on your team down the stretch. 12 is Luka. He's sitting in back-to-back sets, at least up to this point. That could change with the Mavs in danger of being a play-in team, but if he does continue to sit during back-to-back sets, he'll have a two-game week in week 20. That's the week that starts March 6th, which is not a playoff week in all leagues, but it is a playoff week in leagues that move their playoffs up. Kind of the same deal as Jokic. You don't want to move Luka, but you should make some moves elsewhere if your other early-round options also have rough schedules during his two-game week. Jaron Jackson is 13th. He's an obvious league winner. Congrats if you stashed him and picked him up at a discount. Great pick. The Grizzlies have a similar schedule to the Sixers, so not only is he going to crush it on a per-game basis, could easily be a top-eight guy on a totals basis during the fantasy playoffs. Like the Sixers, the Grizzlies only have one three-game week after the break. James Harden's ranked 14th. He's been more of a top 25 per game guy in nine cat lately, but that slip isn't anything to worry about since the Sixers have such an elite schedule during the fantasy playoffs. Could easily be a top 10 guy during the fantasy playoffs. Don Mitchell's 15th. He's as safe as it gets, assuming your playoffs don't start until March. If you really moved up your playoffs, if you start your playoffs the last week of February, then you will have to deal with a two-game week in the first round. Laurie Markin in 16th. He's a tricky one. I trust the breakout. I think we could see a slight efficiency dip because he's currently scoring on almost Jokic levels of efficiency, but there have been no signs that he isn't for real. Laurie's actually been trending up as the year goes along. The problem is that the Jazz have a trash playoff schedule. If your league starts as playoffs on March 6th, it's also not great. If your league start on March 13th, which is the default on Yahoo, but it's really bad if you start your playoffs on March 6th. In the March 6th setup, the Jazz playoff schedule is 3-2-4. Fortunately, you took Laurie in the middle round, so you have other early round guys to cover for him, but it's worth double checking in advance what your schedule looks like. The week of March 13th, which is the two-game week, you may need to make some adjustments. 17 is LeBron. He's a good sell-high option. We're going to see most of his numbers slip with AD back. Before AD got hurt, LeBron was averaging 26 points eight rebounds and six assists. While Davis was sitting, LeBron was averaging 34 points, eight rebounds and seven and a half assists. That's a pretty big drop. Uh, He was more of a top 25 guy before AD went down. And while AD was out, he was a borderline top five guy. We also have to worry about sits during back-to-back sets, although I wouldn't expect LeBron to sit during every back-to-back set late in the season with the Lakers being a borderline playing team. Don't really have a lot of room for error at the at the moment. Uh, when trading him, I would aim for guys like Don Mitch, uh, maybe even Kyrie, uh, Dane, but that's probably a stretch. 
18 is Porzingis. It seems like we dodged a bullet here with his latest injuries. Per game numbers are very legit. I'm not worried about that. He's always been a second round player when he's on the floor. I don't mind swapping him due to his injury history, but only if you can get close to equal per game value. I wouldn't be giving up for a big discount. He's a difference maker if he can stay healthy for a month. Speaking of injury risks, Kawhi is next. If you're an Elite Fantasy Basketball subscriber, you know my thoughts on him. As good as he's been lately, and he's been arguably the top guy in non-cat leagues lately, I want nothing to do with him in March in head-to-head leagues with the Clippers having a terrible playoff schedule and Kawhi a lock for multiple two-game weeks. However, for the next month, I would love to have him on my squad. The Clippers don't have a back-to-back set in February, so Kawhi has the potential to be a top three or even top one player on a totals basis this month. That makes him someone to consider trading for if you are currently a borderline playoff team. March will be annoying, but if you're in 7th or 8th right now and you need to make up ground and maybe like run the table the rest of the way, see if you can get him at a discount and then figure out the March stuff later. In Roto, I love him. He could be a top 10 guy on a totals basis going forward despite the all of the sits. Fred Van Vliet is 20. There's some trade rumors out there, but at this point, I'd be pretty surprised if he was traded. He is a free agent, but the Raps have always seen comfortable re-signing Fred. Some mixed feelings on Fred and the fan base, but there hasn't been anything to suggest that the Raps as, a, as an organization have soured on him. In general, I don't read too, too much into trade rumors. The odd trade happens at the deadline, but the bigger stuff is usually reserved for the summer. Uh, you have to remember that the NBA media needs to create storylines around the deadline, and if there isn't one, they're going to make something up. Even with guys like Woj and Shams, you need to be skeptical. They're great for breaking news, but both guys are more than willing to carry water for whoever asks them to. Um, Assuming he sticks in Toronto, Fred's going to continue to be a first-rounder in punt field goal percentage. Um, It's been an up-and-down season for Fred in real life, but in fantasy, he's been pretty nice. Um, Probably going to be a top 20-ish guy overall in 9-cat. He's turned around quite a bit lately, and all the crazy nurse minutes haven't gotten to him yet. Um, The all-star break should be a nice break for him, too. Should be fresh after that. 21 is Miles Turner. He's a trade candidate early in the year, but now that he signed the extension, it's pretty safe to assume that he's going to be sticking around Indiana at least for the rest of the year. He's eligible to be traded, so it's not 100% lock he stays. But an extension like that followed by a trade is pretty rare. I'd be comfortable with having Turner on my roster, especially with the Pacers being more competitive than expected. On the flip side, at 22 as a player, I would be super comfortable having on my roster in March. Paul George is ranked 22nd in non-cat right now. My Kawhi stance applies to George as well. George is just a poor man's version of Kawhi value-wise. It's going to be really good this month due to the Clippers schedule, but he's someone to sell if you're locked into a playoff spot. I would gladly swap George for any top 30 guy with a decent playoff schedule. Vooch and DeMar are 23 and 24. Both are as steady as it gets. I love both. You know, DD was one of my big targets this year on draft day. And while Vooch's real life impact is slip, and he's still the real deal in fantasy, he kind of gets underrated in fantasy. The only downside to either guy is the Bulls' two game schedule during the week that starts on March 6th. So double check your other early round guys if that's a playoff week for you. 25th is Murray. He had a scary stretch in early January, but he's back to posting second round numbers beside Trey. The Hawks the playoff schedule is decent, so he's looking pretty safe. Sabonis, so 26, he's another safe and steady guy. We don't have to talk about him. 27 is Brooke Lopez. I was pretty skeptical early in the season, but at this point, I'm just assuming that he's going to be great all season long. Not top 30 great, as his ranking is due to a monster early season run where he was a borderline first round guy, but he can still be the top 50 guy that he's been over the last couple of months. He's been awesome this year. His real life impact is outstanding and everything has kind of gone his way. Middleton's going to be limited for a while and Portis might be out through the break. Even once both guys are up to speed, Brooke is still probably going to be a 30-minute guy, but hasn't really shown any interest in resting him at any point this year. 
Towns is next. This is a brutal situation. Doesn't sound like we're going to see him before the break and maybe not until sometime in March. Just every update sounds really, really scary. I'm not buying low unless the price is like a top 75 guy and is already locked into a high playoff seed. There's just way too much uncertainty here, at least in head-to-head. And Rodo he's fine to trade for if the price is right. Could still be a top 30-ish per game guy when he's back, maybe even more than that. So he gets some monster lines and maybe in April. Doesn't really help in head-to-head, but it can maybe get you a championship Roto. Nick Claxton is ranked 29th. He's a real deal. He's a heck of a real life player at this point too. So it looks like we found a nice centerpiece for the punt free throw percentage build going forward. Things were getting a little dicey in that build with some of the traditional pieces like Gobert and Capella starting to get up there and Drummond just being a backup now. So we really needed another stud punt free throw percentage big man to rise up. And that looks like it's Claxton. It's been a top six guy in nine cat punt free throw percentage this year. He's going to be a huge target for that build in next year's guides. OG is 30. He's everybody's favorite trade target at the moment. I'm skeptical about the trade rumors surrounding him as well. He's not a free agent this summer, and the Raps don't need to deal him. It's possible he's on the block. It's possible he's moves, but the Raps have no reason to rush a deal if it's not there. They're not going to take a low ball. It's not like he can walk in the summer. We want him to stick around Toronto so he gets those Nick Nurse minutes. He'd have a huge role anywhere he landed, but could be a 33-minute per game guy on a team like the Suns or the Pelicans or something like that instead of the 36-minute guy he is in Toronto. There's really no need to panic. He's going to be pretty good regardless of where he is playing on February 10th. Anthony Edwards is 31. He keeps getting Q and P tags due to his hip issue, but at this point it feels like LeBron probable or questionable tag. The tag means nothing. It's actually really nice because it helps us in IL plus leagues. I would view Edwards as a borderline top 20 asset since he's not a rest risk and is going to have to play a million minutes down the stretch with the Wolves in a tricky spot in the West. Devin Booker's next. He's back this week. That's great news. Hopefully you're still in it if you have him. He was looking like a great second round pick before he got hurt. His managers just got unlucky. It happens. It's just bad luck. It's not a reflection on you. He'll be limited for a while, but he should be back in his top 20 form by March. He had some quiet stretches this year, but they've been mostly due to injury. When he's been completely healthy, he's been really good. Booker's teammate Chris Paul's next. He's the 33rd ranked player in nine cat leagues. Paul's been a top 15 guy over the last month. He's really turned it up, but we can't value him that high since that jump is tied to Booker being out. Once Booker's back, should drop down a couple notches. He has lost a step. Uh, the scoring's not there anymore. It's probably going to be more of a top 40 guy once Booker's healthy. Bam Adebayo, LaMelo Ball, and Mikael Bridges round out the current third round. All very different players who should be treated differently despite the similar ranking. Bam has stepped it up on the offensive end this year, but it hasn't really led to more value. He's still a tall, solid top 30-ish guy, but with the assists stuck around three a night, doesn't really have a path to the top 20 this year. Uh, LaMelo is a tough one to predict. Charlotte is locked into a bottom four uh, slot with Orlando streaking, but it's always going to be hard to trust stars on tanking teams in March. All it takes is one minor injury to potentially knock Lamelo out for the year. And given what's happened with his ankles this year, we should be worried about that. Ball's a potential to be a top 15 guy the rest of the way, especially in punt field goal percentage, but I would rather just not bet my season on him. I- I'm staying away unless he comes extremely cheap. Bridges is not someone that should be valued as a third-round guy, even though he's ranked there. He's really benefited from the Paul and Booker injuries, and he has a lot of value tied up in turnovers. If you follow me, you know I'm not a believer in blindly punting turnovers. I won't get into the reasons for that. You probably already know why I feel that way. It's included in all the guides, but I do slightly downgrade the guys who are propelled by low turnover rates in nine cat leagues. I would view Bridges as more of a borderline top 50 option. It's a decent chance that his per-game numbers come in below the top 50 once the Suns are are healthy, but I still value him around that range since he's the league's top Ironman. 
Next up is the stretch of super safe guys that we don't have to worry much about. We're not going to go into too much detail with them. I'm talking about Capella, Garland, Holiday, and Jalen Brown. Really no reason to expect any of those guys to significantly outperform their current ranking, and there's no reason to expect any of them to fall off. Tobias Harris is the next guy that we'll chat about a little bit, go into a little detail on. He's ranked 41st. He's been dipping a bit with Sixers getting healthy. It's not a surprise, but he should still be at least a top 60 guy going forward. With the Sixers having an incredible schedule after the break, he's something to consider trading for. Also, I like the idea of trading for Harris because his price is always lower than his actual value since he doesn't produce a sexy line. It's going to come surprisingly cheap, I think, in a lot of leagues. Kind of been overly faded this year. He hasn't really gotten the respect he deserves this season, even though he was doing top 35 things for a couple months. And I don't think that every Harris manager is going to value him properly there's probably a nice opportunity for you there jared allen is ranked 42nd he's boring and safe we love boring and safe feels like a guy who's going to be an automatic fourth round pick for the next five years if we need a big andrew wiggins is 43rd he's ranked inside of the top 30 before the injury struggled since returning he's been shooting in the 30s since getting healthy and everything else besides his blocks is dipped as well should be temporary i'm not sure he's going to be a top 30 guy again because i don't trust his steal rate yeah, uh, he's crushing his career high at this point. He was kind of shooting above his head a little bit from deep before getting hurt. But the top 50 is still doable. And part free throw percentage, he's really nice by low target. He'll be more than a top 50 guy. You might be able to get him for like a top 70 guy who's playing well at the moment. If you can pull off something like that, it should be a big win. If you're punting free throw percentage, Wiggins was around the top 20 in punt free throw percentage before his injury and illness. So even if he slips a bit, could still be a top 35 guy in punt free throw percentage. DeAnthony Melton is somehow still ranked 44th in nine cat leagues. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but he's a must roster even in shallow settings. Try to hold through any lean stretches with the Sixers schedule being so loaded in March. He's a good bet to be at least a mid-round player on a totals basis when championships are being decided. It's a good buy low target after his next bad games. His price is almost certainly going to be well below his actual value. Desmond Bain is ranked 45th. He's an outstanding by low target if you need points and threes. His manager is definitely not pleased with him at the moment and will probably give him up cheaper than he should. Uh, in head-to-head leagues, I want as many Grizzlies as possible. After the All-Star break, they only have one three-game week. And if you play with the default schedules, which means a March 13th playoff start date, Memphis has a 4-4-4 schedule. Gary Trainer's ranked 46, but he's been a lot better than that lately. The Raptors been a borderline top 20 player over the last month. He's a Raptor most likely to be traded, in my opinion. But the odds of the trade are still not super high. Remember, the trade deadlines usually flop, and most rumored tra- trades don't happen. As with OG, we want Trent to stay with the Raps for his massive minutes. Top 40 numbers the rest of the way are very doable if he does. He's basically just doing what he did all of last season he had a slow start to the year but that was just due to nurse messing around with his role when gary gets massive minutes he's usually a top 40 guy buddy healed who's ranked 47th is in the same camp as trent he's a trade risk but his value is very safe if he stays put at this point i would assume no trade he was on the lakers wish list for a while but there haven't been many rumblings as of late he's not expiring this year and he's on a pretty reasonable contract so the pacers don't need to be in a rush to move him Brunson is up next. He's ranked 48th on the year. He's another safe and boring guy that we don't need to talk about. Props to those who grabbed him on draft day. Great pick. We'll finish part one with two interesting guys. The first is Gobert. He's ranked 49th and 9 cat, and he's only been a top 25 guy in punt free throw percentage. He hasn't been a terrible pick, but he's definitely been disappointing. The disappointment is mostly due to his blocks. He's averaging only 1.3 blocks a night, and he's not been trending up in the category. At this point, I wouldn't expect major improvement. He's contesting fewer shots this year. 
although that doesn't explain all of the drop. Gobert's block rate falling off is a good reminder that we need to be careful on draft day with players that switch teams there or some of the riskiest picks. We usually focus on how a player's minutes and offensive roles will change when they change addresses, but a player's defensive numbers can suffer as well. Defensive systems can have a good size impact on a player's defensive numbers, and that impact is usually hard to predict since we haven't seen the player in that system. I'm not buying low on Gobert at the moment, even with town speed up. A guy I am buying low on, assuming the Raptors don't blow it up at the deadline, is Pascal Siakam. He's ranked 50th right now. He looks really tired lately, which is not a surprise since Nurse played him about 40 minutes a night during that Raptors five-game week. His efficiency is really dipped, and so has his steal rate. Uh, both of those can be tied to fatigue, so that's not super surprising. Could be a bumpy ride until the All-Star break, but the All-Star break should help him get back on track. You probably can't get a serious discount on him, but maybe offer a top 50 option who just had a big game and see what happens. Siakam was cruising along as a third round guy before the recent dip. And that's it for part one of the breakdown. Hope you enjoyed it. Hoped it was helpful. Check out part two for the breakdown of the rest of the top 100 and some other notables. Thanks for listening.